The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute provides educators access to nonfiction 9-11 resources for K-12, first-person curriculum with video, Discovering Heroes book series for kids, and a speaker's bureau with access to 9-11 first responders, survivors, and loved ones. A high-tech 83-foot tractor trailer that transforms into an interactive museum with artifacts and Russell F. Siller Memorial Scholarships for exemplary high school students of program recipients preparing for college. Never forget, donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Let me ask you something. Do you like robot chicken? Are you a fan of Family Guy? Do you love to watch you a little American dad and Rick and Morty as you fall asleep? Well, do you like Marvel? Obviously you do because you listen to this damn episode. Let me tell you something. Get your ass on Hulu right now and watch the first season of MODOK. You will not regret it. That shit had me in stitches all 10 episodes a lot of you probably don't know who the hell modok is he is one of the most known recognizable faces in marvel comics but he has not made his way to the marvel cinematic universe yet that has not stopped hulu however from giving us a little bit of 3d animation for us to enjoy which they by the way brand as mature audiences only that should tell you right there how much you love it i'm going to use this episode and we're going to watch Modoc. Well, not watch. I've already watched it. Not, y'all ain't going to watch it. But y'all go watch it after you listen to this. We're going to talk about Modoc, But I'm going to talk about it in a way that relates directly back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Now, how am I going to do that? Stick around and find out. It's your bonus episode of Me and You, The Housewives of Marvel 2. Let's do it. Hey guys, this is the self-proclaimed season ticket holder of pop culture and your mama's favorite black geek. I'm Kendrick, host of the Me and You, The Housewives, and Marvel 2 podcast. A podcast that, through my own random and winding rants, discusses everything related to pop culture. Everything from reality TV, to the MCU, to the DCEU, to all of the hot topics being discussed on CNN, NBC, BET, ABC, and 123. Grab your wine glass, sit back, and get ready to cuss and fuss right along with me. Woo! Hello, everyone. Oh, wow. So this is the last episode I'm going to put out for a little over a week. 
But I'll be right back on that following Monday. I actually think that Monday is going to be, is that Memorial Day? Maybe so. Ooh, I'll be off work too. Ew. But as I told you guys on my latest reality TV episode, my unscripted episode, I told you guys that because Marvel, specifically Disney Plus, they're going to be putting out the TV show episodes on Wednesdays now, or at least they are with Loki. I decided to go ahead and change my schedule. I love being able to put those episodes out the following day. So you'll be getting episodes from me on Mondays and you'll be getting them on Thursdays. So what I'll be doing is I'll be picking a couple of shows from the week before, you know, some of my favorite Bravo shows, uh, maybe some of the, the Bachelor, Bachelorette shows, whenever the hell they come back. You know, some of the shows we like, maybe some of the Netflix uh, reality shows, just a couple of them. Because I think picking a couple of them that I just like, that sent me that week has been doing a lot better than picking some shit that's just, you know, talking about it for the sake of talking about it. Because nobody wants to do that. So I'll pick a couple of those guys, talk about them on that episode. And then on the Thursday episode, I'll be talking about whatever Disney Plus show or whatever bonus Marvel, DC, uh, superhero, comic book content that we want to talk about. I'm hoping that first day that we do the schedule, that first week, I mean, it'll be Monday, an unscripted episode. And then that Thursday, ideally, hopefully, fingers crossed me, it should be an interview that I'm doing. So y'all just look out for that. Should be a good time. Also, me and some of the people you've heard on this podcast many times, Bravo Wild Black, we've started a clubhouse room. Oh my God, we're talking about everything in that room. It's called Melanated Bravo. So follow us on Instagram and on Clubhouse so you can get all the updates. We We talked today for about two hours in that room. So many people came through. I mean, Kate Casey was on stage giving us some behind the scenes tea, talking about how she talked to Carlos King. It was everything. Ryan Bailey was in the house. It was a lot, it was a lot of good stuff. And so many people came through and showed out. It was hilarious. It should not have been as fun as it was, but it was. So we'll be doing that. I'll probably within that club, I'm thinking about possibly weekly doing a, you know, maybe a weekly, marvel related room that'll be something fun so we'll figure that out as the time goes on but i just want to mention this so follow us we're melanated bravo on clubhouse uh i think they're bravo while black on there and i'm hw marvel pod so follow me on there you know the instagrams just follow us it'll be a good time now what the hell have you guys been watching i'm in for a fun weekend i'm gonna have some some super good stuff to watch. I've been waiting for a lot of this stuff to drop. I I don't know. I've been waiting on it because I'm a big old nerd and I'm a big old action fan. I'm a big old everything. I just love to watch different stuff. I still haven't started Bad Batch yet. Have y'all watched Bad Batch? It's Disney Plus. It's Star Wars related. You know, I've been I've been into the Star Wars lore, as I should say. You know, I've been into it, so I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna get caught up. I think I'm gonna get caught up this weekend. Uh, but I've mainly been focused on, of course, MODOK. I've already watched all 10 of those episodes. They're all about 25 minutes each. I watched them while I was working today. It was cracking up. I've got to watch Army of the Dead, the new Dave Bautista movie. Uh, I think, who did that movie? Was it James Gunn? That, I don't know. I don't want to lie. Don't give me the line. I don't know who did that. Uh, season three 
of Masters of None is also out. So I think I'm going to check that out too, along with the new episode of My Hero Academia. Now, I love me some Hero Macadamia. Uh, I was about to say Hero Macadamia, nut. Hero, My Hero Academia. Y'all know I can't talk. Today's episode, I am talking specifically about Marvel's not MCU-related project on Hulu called Modoc. Now, a lot of you probably, I'm sure, don't know that name. If you don't read the comics especially, there's no chance you know who Modoc is. He has a pretty recognizable comic book appearance, though. He's got a really big head, and he floats in a little, like, floating, not wheelchair, but a floating, uh, I don't know, head carrier. I don't know what you call it, but... He has it because he was like an experiment that went wrong. And, uh, you know, he, he was made super, super, super smart. And it enhances intelligence a lot. But his head got so big that it would not balance on his legs. So he has like a little, almost like a hovercraft, I guess, that he sits in. And so that's how he kind of gets around. But the character has been in Marvel Comics for, God, who knows how long. I want to say maybe almost five decades now, maybe over four decades. He's been around for a long time. He's one of, when I think about Marvel Comics, he's one of the people I associate with. You know, we associate a lot of superheroes with Marvel and DC a lot of the times that sometimes we forget the reason they're superheroes is because they have people to go up against. And that's people like MODOK. That's people like Thanos. That's people like the Joker in DC, Penguin, all these people. You need them for your superheroes. Today, we're talking about MODOK, and Hulu's take on the character is hilarious. If you've ever seen an episode and enjoyed an episode of Robot Chicken, then you should know that I think Seth Green's production company is actually one of the teams behind the show, and it very much shows. The show is hilarious. You wouldn't expect this from Marvel, especially it being, you know, for a mature audience. Hulu's Marvel shows have tended to be, though we don't have many or many more, so it's just that. And what I believe is, I believe that this was supposed to be like one of either four or five. I think it's going to be one of four or five little shows that they were doing. I think two of them have not gotten the go-ahead, so I don't think they're actually going to happen. But we have gotten Modoc now, and I think they were their aim was to like get, you know, it's this like three D claymation, not claymation, three D animation style where they were gonna get like maybe four or five super villains, their own individual shows, and then they were gonna have them kind of come together on their own show. Think about Netflix. So on Netflix, we started off with Daredevil. Then we got Jessica Jones, and then we got another season of Daredevil. Somewhere after that, we got Luke Cage, and then we got Iron Fist. We all knew what was happening. They were creating the Defenders. I believe Hulu <laughs> was trying to do that in a similar regard. I think they were trying to make the Offenders, who were like literally in the comics, designed and created to go head up against the Defenders. So while the comics had notable characters like you know Red Hulk and all these different people... I think we were going to be getting MODOK and a lot of lesser known characters that they were going to kind of, you know, basically throw away Marvel characters that probably won't appear in the MCU. So that's what this show is about. Now, I don't know if that's still going to happen. 
because like I said, a couple of them are not going ahead with production and, you know, creation and stuff. So I think we can expect maybe one or two more shows just like Modoc. But I don't think we're going to expect a team-up show any. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Maybe we will. If the reception for MODOK is what I expect it to be, then, I mean, you never, you never know. We might just get a whole, you know, a whole big thing. Hulu might have, you know, run with its own whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, make its own, the Marvel 3D Universe. I don't know. The Marvel some shit. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a mind reader. What I do know... What I do know is that I want to talk about this show today, but I want to talk about it in the sense that we, you know, I know a lot of you might not watch the show and a lot, you know, have no plans to watch it or don't know who the hell the character is. There's a lot I can pull from this to teach you a little bit more about the MCU or to kind of give you a refresher course on the MCU as well. There are a lot A lot, a lot of comic book references in this show, like pulled directly from the comic. Not necessarily like the storylines pulled from the comic because we're getting kind of a comedic take on a character's life who has basically just been created to cause hell for for the Avengers, especially Iron Man and Captain America. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking that I can, you know, use him to kind of remind you of some things that have happened in the MCU. But more fun and more importantly, we can use this show to kind of maybe predict some stuff that's going to happen in the MCU. So if that's any way appealing to you, stick around and let's talk about this show in a different way than you're probably going to hear it on another podcast. So let me first kind of tell you how they talk about MODOK on the show. So his co-worker, Monica, I'll talk about her a little bit later. They describe him as, you know, she says, I came to AIM. We'll talk about AIM later, too. I came to AIM to work with the brilliant MODOK, who mutated himself through experiments, who once reversed Earth's gravity, who made people into dinosaurs and then turned dinosaurs into people. And on this show, we don't get a ton of how he became MODOK, M-O-D-O-K. But he, like, the literally the first scene of the series... He says, what's my name? And the guy says, MODOK. And he's like, what does it stand for? And it's mental organism designed only for killing. Now, this is true. This comes directly from the comic books as well. Though, it's important to know that the character, his real name is George Tarleton. He actually works at AIM. I'll talk about AIM in a little bit. He, Well, I'm sorry. He was created at AIM. They had like just made the uh, what we know in the MCU as the Tesseract. They had just made that, and then they actually wanted to alter George, and they wanted to create this like super, super, super intelligent computing machine, basically that was in a human's body. And so the acronym originally was M O D O C instead of M O D O K. It was Mental Organism Designed Only for Computing. So he was supposed, you know, like he was supposed to be th- this big improvement on anything they had ever done. However, Modoc was like, no, fuck all that. He ends up killing the people that created him, and then he takes over AIM. That's actually the way we see him in the show, too. AIM is his baby. That's his company. We've heard of AIM in the MCU before, too, if y'all remember Iron Man 3. I'm going to go over it just a little bit, though. 
He actually then, after he kills them, that's when he renames himself Modoc with a K, M-O-D-O-K, Mental Organism Designed Only for Killing. Now, he has been, oh boy, Modoc in the comics has gotten into it with Captain America. He's gotten into it with Iron Man, and Iron Man seems to be his, like, main villain in the TV show. I'm guessing because, you know, most people know Iron Man just from the movies alone, and he's probably one of the MCU's most notable heroes, for those that don't know Captain America, for whatever reason. But, you know, in the comics, he's also, oh my god, he's been up against Captain America numerous times, up against Iron Man, uh, Namor the Submariner, Doctor Doom, a lot of these different people. I think him and the Hulk have kind of a long history, too. I was thinking, like, okay, where did I last, like me as just like a random comic book reader, where did I last see MODOK? And I think it was in the comic book, like story arc, Fear Itself. I think I've told y'all to read that before. I'm sure you didn't. That's okay. That's okay. I don't blame you. But if you ever do, read Fear Itself and you'll actually see MODOK, you know, in that little, getting into it with a lot of those guys in the comic book too. Kind of high level. Let's talk about AIM. So AIM, A-I-M, stands for Advanced Idea Mechanics. It's been like, you know, if you know S.H.I.E.L.D., if you know S.W.O.R.D., then you know AIM from the comics. The reason why a lot of people thought that this was actually going to pop up in WandaVision was because of all the little, you know, hexagon shapes. Everyone assumed, like, oh my God, okay, AIM is going to pop up at some point in WandaVision. It looks like it's foreshadowing. They didn't, though. It ended up being S.W.O.R.D., but, you know, reasonable conclusion The reason we know AIM so well is because AIM is like a direct branch of Hydra. Now, those of you, if you know Marvel Comics or you know the MCU, then you know S.H.I.E.L.D.'s like direct opposition is Hydra. Hell Hydra. The bad guys. Always bad. You know, that's Baron Strucker doing all them damn crazy ass experiments. They're the guys. Okay. AIM is kind of credited for... Mostly making MODOK, who ends up becoming the leader, like I said, and making, quote-unquote, the Cosmic Cube. Now, I'll actually wait a second. I'll talk about the Cosmic Cube. I'll go on a, a little tangent about that in a minute. But we've seen AIM in, God, I don't know how many different iterations at this point. I won't talk about the comics because we've actually briefly seen AIM in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It didn't get as much shine as like S.H.I.E.L.D. or HYDRA or S.W.O.R.D. or any of these other agencies, but we did see it. Now, you probably remember, probably trying to think like, when the hell did we see AIM? It was actually in Iron Man 3. Now, if you don't remember, it was Aldrich Killian, who was like the, you know, the main kind of villain guy in the movie. He's He said at one point, you know, I proposed... Uh, putting together, what did he say? No, he said, I've been putting together a proposal myself. It's a privately funded think tank known as Advanced Idea Mechanics, known as AIM for short. So we've seen it, because you know, his ass was tooting and booting all in Iron Man 3, so we've got a little bit of, I guess, a presence with it now. Do we think it's gonna continue on in the MCU? I don't know. That's been a while ago now. We haven't heard really any more mention of it. I don't know what's going to come of it. If anything will come of it, who fucking knows? But in case it does, you'll at least be ready because we got the beginnings of it. And it's kind of a Marvel comic staple. So it, it, it would be crazy to rule it out completely. But 
I don't know if we're going to see any more of it now that we've... Maybe we will because, actually, S.H.I.E.L.D. was kind of direct opposition to HYDRA. But now we kind of... I think we're focusing more so on phases, you know, 4, 5, and 6. I think we'll be more so focusing on S.W.O.R.D. So maybe they'll make AIM kind of the... I don't know, the, the direct kind of antithesis for S.W.O.R.D. I don't know. Makes sense, but I don't know if it'll actually happen. I'm just a mere minion from Memphis... Minding my damn business, commenting on shit that's way above my pay grade. I don't know. So now let me kind of walk through a couple of the episodes. Again, I don't know if you're going to watch it, but in case you plan on watching it and don't want anything spoiled for you, this is officially a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. You better come. come you better come on vocals. I've been working with uh, Candy Burris. She sounded good at the, at the uh, what's the shit called? At the escape <laughs> versus SWV the versus that's what it was. She sounded good there. I don't. I wouldn't trust her to vocal coach me any other day. But child, let me. This ain't even a reality TV episode. Let me stop slandering Candy. This ain't got nothing to do with her. Child, she couldn't vocal coach me. Okay, let me let me quit. Hey, Candy. Okay, so the first episode, one of the things that stuck out to me was they mentioned PIM particles. Now. He actually kind of made a joke of it. You know, he said uh, the whole kind of joke was that he was turning PIM particles into gummies because, you know, it's a joke, whatever, haha. And it's, uh, you know, it's a part of MODOK's plan to kind of grow and shrink people. He was trying to, he had this whole kind of elaborate plan to, uh, to basically shrink himself down and to get inside of someone inside of the room with the guy who's buying AIM from him because AIM is just like, not doing well under his leadership, which actually follows the comics. It doesn't follow it in the same kind of humorous sense, but we see in the comics that they've ousted Modoc from AIM several different times. He's tried to come back. He's tried to get power again. He's tried to, like, you know, do everything he can to get his power, like release, uh, what was it? Release some kind of nerve shit into the, in the, the, the atmosphere, into the city, but actually... Miss Marvel, I think then Carol Danvers, because I think this happened back in God, who knows? But I think it was the Carol Danvers Miss Marvel, not Captain not uh Captain Marvel, but I think or was it Kamala Khan? I can't remember. It was one of the Miss Marvels. Y'all know there have been a couple of Miss Marvels, the same way there have been a couple of uh child, what's an uh a couple of Captain Marvels, one even being a man. So, you know, we have different iterations of comic book characters. He did all of this to try to, you know, make himself small, make himself big. He wanted to get inside of someone to take control so that he could basically uh, stop his boss from taking over control of his company. Now, when you think of small and big in the MCU, you think about Ant-Man. Keep in mind, Ant-Man in his movies, of course, always turning really, really small, the size of an ant, duh. Riding on the ants and doing all this kind of stuff. We know when we think of someone turning really, really big, you either think about the Hulk, even though he's not that big, but you know, he's pretty big. Or you think about Ant-Man, like when he turned huge in, uh, oh, what is it, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp? Or when he turned huge in Endgame? Or when he turned huge in Civil War? You know, you think about him, he can't do it too long, but he'll shoot up in size or he'll shrink to a micro size. So when you hear pimp particles, that's, of course, kind of what you think of. Obviously, coming from Hank Pym, who is uh, the Wasp father in the 
the MCU that y'all know, Michael Douglas. So, you know, we've seen, we've seen this at least kind of, you know, they're on Modoc, they're making it into kind of a joke, but we've seen it, you know, these little kind of throwaway jokes be used in big ways in the MCU. He, he's just turned them into gummies and, you know, someone gets a hold to them and they eat them, they turn small or turn big, you know, whatever. But that's one of the examples of how we can actually like watch this show and see different things connect into the MCU. We know pimp particles aren't going anywhere. We're going to see them for, boy, I'm I'm sure throughout the rest of the time that at least, well, no, we're going to see them for a long time because I forgot Ant-Man's daughter, Cassie Lang, uh, she's going to be most likely one of the young Avengers. I mean, I, I couldn't imagine them recasting the character and, you know, giving it to a bigger name actress without her, you know, not being in it as much as she can be. So I'm counting on her to, you know, use the pin particles. I'm counting on them to use them, both Ant-Man and the Wasp in, uh, oh, what's the name of the movie? Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania that's coming out in, ooh, 2023, I think it is. Maybe like February 2023? I think so. I remember listening to last week's uh, bonus episode. I told you all the dates for the new stuff that's coming out. And so, yeah, I think we'll be getting pimp particles a lot. We've seen them in the past in the MCU. We're definitely going to see them in the future. Only a matter of time. I think while still in episode one, we get the scene of Modok hacking in a shield. Now, of course, I don't think I need to explain what shield is to you guys. You know, if you think S.H.I.E.L.D., you think Nick Fury. Nick Fury, the man with the eye patch, Samuel Jackson, going through and assembling the Avengers. Obviously, S.H.I.E.L.D. is supposed to be the good antithesis of Hydra. And so, when you think, you know, if you think good, you think S.H.I.E.L.D. You think bad, you think Hydra. Unless Hydra is, you know, infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. like they've done in the MCU before. But overall, you think, you know... These are the good guys. Definitely not where Modok belongs. But in the show, he actually breaks into S.H.I.E.L.D. Or like on the, the traveling, you know, not the floating S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters to get his time machine back. And then we mention time travel. Of course, this was the big storyline in Avengers Endgame. They had to go back through time and get the, uh, you know, Thanos head crushed and you know destroyed all of the six infinity stones so they couldn't bring back the population but they had the idea to go back in time to go to different timelines and collect infinity stones from them and then come and bring them back to each one of those specific spots so that the timeline didn't veer off too much so he you know we've seen time travel in the mcu he ain't trying to do that much. He's trying to do it to take his wife on a date. <laughs> but he breaks into the S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters and he gets into like the back room where all like the boxes, the storage boxes and stuff are. And this is when we get a scene that like Marvel fans like just love because you get so many different like random name drops. So he's going through the box. He's pulling out items really fast. He says, you know, okay, Cerebro, Ultimate Nullifier. Dr. Strange's prescription pad, you know, all the stuff he's looking for while he's looking uh, for his time travel machine. Now, let's take those one by one. First, there's not an X-Man fan listening to the sound of my voice that doesn't know what Cerebro is. For those of you who might not be a fan of the X-Man, Cerebro is that machine, even if you've seen the movies, 
Cerebro is that machine that Charles Xavier, a.k.a. Professor X, places on his head, and it kind of like transmits his brain waves and kind of like amplifies them. You know, he's a psychic. He's a telepath. He His brain waves are amplified, and he's able to track and locate other mutants like around the globe, a globe, all of them that are in existence. He's not the only character that's used it, though. You know, we've seen... Uh, Emma Frost used it. We've seen Jean Grey use it. A lot of other different characters. All those people usually are telepaths or what do they call empaths? I think of all different kinds. So we we're always you know we see it in every single Marvel movie because someone always like runs away. Not Marvel movie, sorry, X Men movie where someone always runs away or got to find or you know they're looking for uh like the first one. I think they were looking for Rogue. When she went to the train station and they put Cerebro on. Oh, I'm getting a strong sense. I think she's there. So then they go and find her there, of course. They use it for a lot of different things. You know, in the movies, it's been used for evil, too. Uh, I think it was, oh, God, who was it? Uh, I think it was Apocalypse who was able to get into the machine. It was going to do something like he was going to make all of the ones that were in positions of power to, like, start a nuclear war basically put them in a position to go ahead and push the buttons so we've seen cerebro you know it's basically that machine you know he he pulls it out of the box modok does he's like oh cerebro like it's nothing and then throws it now why the hell was it in that box i don't know maybe in modok modok's universe it's been i don't know maybe the x-men have been disbanded or something it wouldn't be the first time they asses have broken up so i don't know i don't know why cerebro was in that box but the way we've seen it, Cerebro is a whole complicated machine, and you know you got to walk out to the, the that long hallway. If nothingness, I don't know what it's called. You know, you you got to do a lot of shit to use Cerebro. So I don't know why it was in that box, but I love the name drop because if you listen to my podcast, you know that. If there's nobody in life I love, I love the fucking X-Men. I love me some Storm. I love me some Jean Grey when she's not being a punk ass and fainting all over the place. So I'm here for it. Next, he pulled out the ultimate nullifier. Now, that one might be a little more uh, kind of obscure, especially since we haven't seen uh, the Fantastic Four in the MCU yet. Now, we know they're coming. I don't know when, but they coming. They were in that sizzle reel, so I'm guessing they maybe they're coming in, you know, in uh, child, what is, what's the name? Uh, phase four. I was about to say season four. Not no damn season. Not as long as this should be going. But we've, we, you know, we're, we're going to see the Fantastic Four soon. The Ultimate Nullifier is just like this little thing that fits in your hand. And it's basically the only thing that's ever really kind of frightened Galactus. So if y'all don't know Galactus, you know, he's the character that's uh, known as like the devourer of worlds he's coming to the mcu uh who knows when though i know we we got kang the conqueror on the way so hopefully galactus is just around the corner i don't know i'm hoping he's the big bad in this this new phase or maybe whatever at the end of phase six or whatever the fuck we're doing i don't know i'm hoping though but the ultimate nullifier they use it like basically as a threat against him and when they use it against them he basically went off. He decided not to destroy all of mankind and devour Earth. So ultimately, it's a you know a, a strong ass, <laughs> a strong ass power. It's been described like I know it's been called devastating and 
all this kind of stuff. I think it has the ability to like completely wipe out any person that, you know, the person who's willing to get kind of aims at. So of course, Galactus, he is a huge power because he needs whole planets to devour them in order to keep going. So it has enough power to erase, uh, erase someone that needs that much power. So maybe we'll see this in the MCU. I'm sure. Cause it's a big name in Marvel comics. I'm sure to come up, but we probably won't come up until, you know, we get a little more mention of the fantastic four. I'm assuming that'll be sometime before 2023, maybe at the end of 2023. I don't know, but it's gotta be sometime during phase four since they were in the phase four sizzle reel. I don't know. We'll see though. The last thing was just literally Dr. Strange's prescription book. Now, of course, we know Dr. Strange is this kind of like mythical giant, basically, this sorcerer supreme, the, the one who protects uh, one the time stone, I think it is. And, you know, we know him for all these different things, but we forget sometimes that Dr. Strange is also Stephen Strange. He was a whole doctor before he actually became sorcerer supreme. So that's just kind of like a little throwaway joke, something to make us laugh that he actually had the prescription book that he was using to write and feel like uh, <laughs> not over-the-counter drugs, fucking hydrocodone and all this kind of shit. So just a little throwaway joke, but that's funny. It kind of reminds you that, you know, we have a huge movie coming up next year, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. So I just wanted to throw it out there because I'm so goddamn excited for that movie. I don't know who all is going to be in it. I think they said Monica Rambeau might pop up. We know Scarlet Witch is in it for sure. Her and uh, Doctor Strange, definitely. I think we'll know a lot more about that movie after Spider-Man No Way Home. That comes out December, I think, 17th? So, I think we'll know a lot more after that because we know all these movies directly tie into each other. WandaVision ties into Spider-Man. Spider-Man ties into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. So, we'll see. I didn't really need to mention any of that when I brought up his prescription pad, but I did. You're welcome. In episode two, Modoc makes a joke about not having uh, a time machine anymore, but then he says, but I have a cosmic cube. It's kind of a throw, like a super throwaway joke because he doesn't say it anymore during the episode or he doesn't elaborate on any, but obviously Marvel fans know that the Cosmic Cube's name, we know it from comics, and we also know it specifically from the MCU as the Tesseract. Now, see, the Cosmic Cube was the original name in the comics, but somewhere along the line, it kind of got renamed. We know the Tesseract. Okay, we first saw it in, oh, dear. Don't give me the line. I think it was the first Thor movie. No, maybe Captain America. No, Thor. Uh, I don't know. It was in one of them goddamn movies. But we saw, remember, it was always that, like, blue shining cube that looked like it had something inside of it. Fast forward a long ways, this thing, you know, powering all types of evil shit and doing what it's doing. Fast forward to Infinity War. Thanos on the ship has killed almost everyone aboard, and he's threatening to kill Thor if Loki doesn't give him the Tesseract. Now, keep in mind, Thanos' whole mission is to collect the six Infinity Stones, put them in his gauntlet, and snap his finger. This, unfortunately, Loki is lying. You know, he's saying, okay, no, I don't have it. I don't have it. I've told you I don't have it. And he's like, well, I'll kill him if you don't give it to him. You know, he's like, okay, kill the motherfucker. I don't care. <laughs> but then he starts to kill Thor. 
and then Loki comes to his senses. He actually pulls it out of air, hands it to Thanos, and then Thanos takes it and he crushes the cosmic cube, aka the Tesseract, and inside of it is, of course, the Space Stone. Now, as a little refresher course, the Space Stone, it grants you the ability to kind of travel between places super fast. Boom! Gone like that. We did, okay, I, I, we saw it first in Thor. I had to think about this. It was in a post credit scene, actually, I think. Then we saw it, because I'm trying to think about this. It's hard to think about the MCU because you can do it in so many different orders. The movies, though one might have come out before another one, one might be set in a different time than the other one. So we first see it in Thor in the post credit scene. Then we see it in Captain America, the first Avenger. And then we're reminded way later on after Infinity War, actually, because remember, the post credit scene in Infinity War is Nick Fury hitting the page or whatever, and Captain Marvel's symbol appearing. In Captain Marvel, we actually see that Dr. Wendy Lawson was trying to use the Tesseract to uh, unlock light speed. Now, remember, the Tesseract is directly with speed, the Soul Stone. I'm sorry, the Space Stone. It didn't work in that regard, but it is the reason why Carol Danvers, a.k.a. Captain Marvel, has her powers. So we, we remember... I think I said this last week. There are four characters in our MCU that have gotten their powers from Infinity Stones. That's why they're so powerful. That's Carol Danvers, like I just said. That's Vision. That's Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. Scarlet Witch, and her brother Pietro, super fast. And so, obviously, him being fast, that makes sense. Uh, I was about to say Speed Stone, child. The damn Space Stone. So... Space Stone 2, even though that was a really throwaway joke in this episode, it plays a lot into the MCU that we know currently. And not only that, probably the most important thing that you need to know, especially if you're just getting into the MCU, is that the Tesseract, the Space Stone inside of the blue cube, the Cosmic Cube, whatever you want to call it, this is what... This is the reason why we have the Loki series coming up. Keep in mind, in Endgame, they were all traveling back to different times to get the assigned stones that they needed, and they were going to, you know, go back, bring everybody back, and then put the stones back into places to not disrupt the timeline. In this movie, in Endgame, as I think it was Iron Man had grabbed the briefcase with the Tesseract inside, uh, I was about to say Thor. Damn it, was uh, the Hulk. The Hulk comes down the stairs, knocks the door open, hits Tony Stark. It goes flying. It opens up. It appears right in front of Loki. Loki bends down, holds it in his hand, and he transports. That's why he's going to be dealing with the TVA during uh, his actual six-episode span or his show or whatever. And so that's really important to know because it's really the whole genesis of why we're even getting this Loki show to begin with. We also get a lot of obscure Marvel characters in this show. I'm not going to go over all of them because I actually want to talk about one in particular that's not obscure. That's a really big person that I'm almost, I want to say I'm 100% sure they're going to pop up in the MCU at some point. But I'll talk about that in a minute. In episode three, it's when Modok is trying to bring forth creatures from the brood. Now, the brood, it sounds super random, but yes, they are from Marvel Comics as well. 
in this episode, instead of bringing forth the brood, which are like these, like, uh, they almost look like big ass ants, like they're dragonish ant type things from a whole nother dimension. But instead of bringing them forth, he brings he brings forward the Seagramites, which basically look like little turtles, and they're always happy and all this kind of stuff. It's really it's so obscure. They're not even from the reality that we're used to reading in Marvel Comics, or that we're used to seeing in the MCU. Whole nother reality, you don't really have to worry about them too much. But this show, it just showed, it's perfect for kind of highlighting these really obscure, random-ass Marvel villains and heroes, honestly. In episode four, the character, there's a character that we meet in episode one that we see in almost every episode. It's a, a, a rosy from the Jetsons kind of character that they have, Modoc and his family. And he actually, in this episode, refers to himself as a state-of-the-art sentient robot. Now, where have we heard that word before? Don't forget, WandaVision, we learned that S.W.O.R.D. has rebranded themselves. Remember, in WandaVision, it was created by Monica Rambeau, and this division is referred to as the sentient weapon observation response division we in marvel comics we know it as a sentient weapon observation and response department so a little bit of a switch up there but i love that you know he kind of refers to himself as that just kind of a little call back to something that we've recently learned in the mcu but that we've always seen in marvel comics in episode seven we get wonder man Simon Williams, a.k.a. Wonder Man. Now, there's no doubt in my mind that Wonder Man will join the MCU at some point. He's too big of a character in Marvel Comics, past and present, not to pop up at some point. Now, keep in mind, if you remember my WandaVision episodes, I theorized that Wonder Man might make an an appearance in this series because he was tied to Wanda and Vision and White Vision's story in the comic books. You know, he was the reason that, you know, White Vision ended up getting his power to actually come alive. I thought we were going to get, you know, it was so random of a reveal, but I thought we were going to get a big reveal that, like, Evan Peters' character, a.k.a. Simon Boner, would be Simon Williams. Not si- Ralph Boner, not Simon Boner. Y'all know what the hell I mean. I thought he would be revealed as Simon Williams. I was wrong, like I am in most cases <laughs> in my theories, but hey, that's all right. In the same episode, Simon Williams actually goes to see uh, Jody's like book release party or whatever it is, and when he's leaving, he looks at his phone, he says, oh shit, you know, gotta go. Ultron just hacked into Uber. Obviously, we know Ultron from the second Avengers movie where we saw Wanda and Pietro first in action. Now, yes, I know we saw them at the end of oh, the Civil War. No, I'm sorry, not Civil War. Uh, at the end of Winter Soldier, Captain America Winter Soldier, when we saw them just like kind of teased for us. But we actually see them in action in this movie. And Ultron's evil ass is at work in this movie. I... I don't think I need to explain too much about Ultron. He's not going to be there anymore. But, you know, he was a, a creation of Tony Stark and Bruce Banner and them not keeping nearly enough kind of, uh, I guess, like a tight leash on the, the shit that they're doing in those labs. But actually, maybe I do need to mention Ultron because we are getting a series at some point in the MCU called, oh, God, what's it called? Uh, 
some kind of wars. I don't know if it, oh god, what is it called? Hold on, what shit? What is it? Armor Wars. That's it. Armor Wars. It'll be starring Don Cheadle, and I think the whole premise of this show is uh, when like robots or technology basically get into the wrong hands or are programmed wrong for evil instead of good, you know, that kind of stuff. So maybe Ultron to get a mention in this, maybe there's somebody's going to bring Ultron back to life. I don't know. You know, in comics and comic book stuff, nobody's ever really dead. Who actually knows? We also see and are told that Simon Williams has a tattoo and it's in a different language. It's in Wakandan. Now, even people that don't know the MCU very well, they know Wakanda. Our latest kind of entry in the Wakandan lore came in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier series. It was only six episodes. And they were in episodes, I think, three, four, and six. We also know through a little, you know, the recent sizzle reel that I talked about that Marvel put out that the upcoming Black Panther sequel is called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. The words Wakanda forever are huge and Black Panther is pretty tiny. So it makes me think that they're finally kind of leaning into all of the other incredible aspects of Wakanda, like the Dora Milaje, like Shuri being like the smartest being in the the Marvel Universe. Instead of, you know, because they're going to have to figure out what to do with the Black Panther character. They're not going to recast. I don't know if they're going to hand the mantle over to someone else. I don't know. But this is a way for them to kind of lean into something else without it being offensive to Chadwick Boseman's millions of diehard fans, basically. We also get some mentions of other kind of organizations uh, in the MODOK show. Not really worth mentioning mentioning because i don't know if they'll actually pop up in the mcu but like we know we we heard about hexus and hexus is the name that we hear if you read marvel comics we've heard it a few times before so maybe at some point it'll pop up probably not i don't know but i love that in the finale when uh melissa who is george's daughter modok's daughter she's at like this ice dancing event or ice skating event and the guy that she refers to as ice perv he starts like talking about all of the women that he's stalked because he's basically stalking her. And he names off some of our favorite Marvel characters. He names the Wasp. He names She-Hulk. He stalked She-Thing. And of course he stalked, I mean, you, you, if you go stalk some bad bitches, you know, you gotta, you gotta stalk Storm. I'm just saying, he said he stalked Storm, Aurora Monroe. If you don't know who the hell Aurora Monroe is, then you've never listened to my podcast. You've never heard me go off on Aurora Monroe. You don't know what the hell you're doing. I love me some X-Men. I love Aurora Monroe more than anybody else in the Marvel lore. Get into it. I'm just saying. That's the reason. Okay, if you have time, check out a couple of episodes of, uh, of MODOK this weekend. Even if you don't want to watch it like for the Marvel aspect of it, it's actually just pretty fucking funny. It's just like if you like to fall asleep like watching shit like Rick and Morty, uh, Robot Chicken, all these kind of shows. Then, you know, BoJack Horseman is definitely a show for you. It's as funny as all the different stuff. They make jokes that, like, you don't need to know anything about Marvel to really uh, kind of understand. So check it out. I'll see you guys again in... Oh, boy. If you're listening to this the day it comes out in what? Oh, God. Nine days? I don't know. Yeah, about nine days. That's when we'll start the new schedule. 
y'all kick it with me on Instagram at Housewives Marvel Podcast. Follow us on Clubhouse. Uh, get on the dip. Follow the dip. They're hilarious. Uh, you'll start hearing some dip ads on here because uh, I love the dip as well. And you guys, I'm going to take me a little break. Well, not really a little break because I'll be right down back talking to y'all about the same episode. So I won't have missed anything. But get at me on social media. See ya! As always, thanks for listening. Want to support me for free? Just head on over to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Podchaser or CastBox and leave me a five-star rating and review. Need to contact me? Just email me, housewivesmarvelpodcast at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on Instagram for hilarious memes and all kinds of updates regarding the podcast. That's at Housewives Marvel Podcast. This is Kendrick, and I'll see ya! Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi. I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.